0: April, 1853, somewhere in the Poitiers province, France. A young woman, Elena, tends to her father's crops as the setting sun casts its orange glow across its French hills. The spring has just begun to spread all across Europe and the refreshing sounds of the birds' echoes in the valleys. Elena, with her calm beauty, glides through her crops, disconnecting the dead and dried roots from the tomatoes making room for other life. Her hands are dirty and rough, and her peasant dress is covered in months worth of work. But this is her, at her best. A small zebra finch catches her eyes, its colors, wild as its demeanor darting through the sky, making quick chirps as it passes her by, landing on a tree, not far away. She chirps back.
1: Bonjour, joli oiseau.
0: She smiles and continues. Suddenly, a whisper. The sounds of birds are gone. Till the zebra finch sits quietly on the tree, as if waiting for the arrival of something new. Elena stands and moves out of the crops, carrying the dead pieces of the garden in a small basket she clutches with two hands. Something is amiss. A quiet sound of scratching, as the silhouettes of trees begin dancing in the sun as it dives behind the plains. The finch's head turns from side to side. Elena's young sisters, Margot and Emily, chase each other through their house. Their father, who smokes a large, rolled-up cigarette, shouts at them from the top of his lungs. They crash out of the house, chasing each other into the crops and hiding among the vegetables. They jump and pounce on each other like lions, ripping some plants to the ground. They rise up again as Margot smashes Emily's face in the dirt like a crushed grape. Emily, with her face planted in the ground, notices something mystifying. It is Elena, whose body is slowly turning and contorting in on itself, blowing in an unholy, quiet wind. The sisters rise up and move to their older sister.
1: Elena, tu vas bien?
0: Her eyes are rolled into the back of her head and her nose has begun to bleed.
1: S'il te plaît, Elena! Margot
0: shouts, grabbing a hold of her sister and shaking her awake. She screams at the top of her lungs as she comes to and falls backwards. She is in shock, panting heavy as she catches her breath. Her sisters surround her, clutching her close.
1: S'il te plaît, Elena. She
0: speaks, but as she does, it is English. I am. Her sisters look to each other. Her sisters shake their head to her. I am. They don't understand her words. She tries to speak again. I am. The zebra finch hops along the tree branch until it reaches the end and darts back into the sky. Elena's hands shake and tremble. She pushes Emily away. I am. She stands up with might, but her eyes dart around. She's trying to find something. I am... Suddenly she hears a voice. Her face is wiped clean of emotion. She's gone. She moves past her sister's descending into the valley. To her, the world is an uncomfortable sound. Dwarfing bass pulsing through her. Her sisters call for her as she tumbles down the valley. They shudder and scream until they flee to the house, (laughs) shouting for their father. The slow world around Elena pulses. She can barely make sense of any of it. She is possessed. A few weeks later, a port city along the Atlantic coast of France. Elena slams into a shipping barrel along a pier of almost half a dozen ships heading for the other side of the pond. Elena's appearance has become mangled. Her hair is in knots and the blisters on her feet have broken many times over. Her fingers and nails have become long, but they are hidden by her curled hands. Her eyes are bloodshot and her health is deteriorating. She moves against the masses that are piling onto the ships. Some wealth, some workers, all heading for something new. She moves to the boarding line of a tall wooden ship. She arrives to the man checking the passenger list. She is not on it. He shoos her away. She finds another way, crawling aboard the sea like a determined urchin. She crawls through a port window and stows away. The sea is treacherous. The route will take weeks. The few dozen have set sail for the new world. Elena sneaks to the kitchen and feeds. She avoids the gaze of the seamen's deranged eyes. The rupturing sounds of waves against the hull keep Elena awake at night. Her purpose remains hidden. On the deck, she stares out at the sea and the monstrous waves that separate her from a promised land. Somehow, hundreds of miles away from any shore, through the harsh winds, she hears a small chirp. The zebra finch lands on the rail in front of her. It calls again, looks to her, cocks its head, and darts back into the sea breeze. Days pass. The crew suffers from its confined quarters and maddening voyage. Helena's legend aboard the ship grows. Her screams in the night scare the passengers and crew in the cabin, but the officers dare not do anything, fearing her mystic wrath if she were to be silenced. seems like an eternity, the ship reaches port. The crew stumbles out, and a group of naval officers board the ship, searching for Lena. But she has slipped into the sea from the window. She swims to shore. She clutches the rocks that lead to the entrance of the port and ascends them one by one, like a hellish sea creature, driven to this promised land by something she does not understand. As she reaches the top, she disappears into the hustling crowd. As days go on, she continues to push west, passing trains, passing untainted forests, outlaws and lawmen, feeding on rats and mice slowly, forgetting Margot and Emily. Slowly forgetting any other piece of herself.
1: Elena
0: dragging her feet stumbles upon a small house in an open plain. The quiet is deafening as she moves towards it. Inside, there is a fire in the fireplace, but it is dimming. There are mud tracks throughout. She moves into the dining room. On top of the table is a man, a father, dead. Three arrows sticking out of his chest and his pistol clutched in his hand. Elena moves through the rest of the house. The mother in the kitchen, hand clutching the dinner table. The children, gone. Elena continues throughout the house, disconnected to the violence's meaning. She stares at an empty bed, civilized and comforting. She doesn't remember those things now. She moves outside to somewhere more comfortable for her. pigs lay dead in their pen, slaughtered. She stumbles into the pen and falls into the mud face first. She breathes, and her body rests. The sun sets and the haunted chill of night arrives. The planes are dead, but something, something horrible enters the barn. A beast Elena's eyes open. She begins to cry.
2: Why am
0: I here? Chosen. I remember a home. I want to go home. anything but
2: their voices please make them stop
0: Days pass, months pass, years, decades. Trees sway and crack in a deafening snow squall. A tree hollow of an old oak tree, high above the ground, begins to growl. A sinister being inside slithers over something foul and decayed. A hand reaches inside, grabbing a bloodied snake that latches onto the hand repeatedly, filling it with venom. The being strangles the snake, holding it at the base of its head. Like a horrifying scarab, the entity unnaturally crawls down the oak tree. Below, a mangled buck is dragged through an untouched path in the snow. The buck's appearance is familiar to us, but its appearance is horrifying. Dragging it in its unholy glory is a demented figure, bent and deformed, drooling at the prospects of its capture. They leave a long trail of red blood in the white snow. The deformed being arrives at its kingdom, made mostly out of skulls. Someone perches, someone spikes. A fiery pit lays in the center, licking at the heels of the being, who lays the dead buck down and begins to dig into it with her bare hands. She digs for the heart. From a distance, a man stumbles and crawls out of the foggy snow, growling and panting. It is Christian, dragging his body back. He stumbles in the snow as he crawls into the kingdom, moaning throughout his journey's entirety. The deformed being turns to see Christian approach. Her face is scarred across her right eye from what looks like a grizzly. She barely acknowledges Christian. His presence is no surprise to her, but Christian is surprised. He clutches his stomach in hunger.
2: Please...
0: She nods, lowering her bloodied hands and body to a kneel as she points to the dead buck. She raises the heart of the buck. Christian crawls to the buck and begins to feast. The being, a witch, drops the heart into the fire. But to us, this is no witch. We know her as Elena.
2: How have you found me?
0: The winds carry descent. She points to Christian's body bag.
2: What is happening to me? You have what you wanted, and your price is being paid.
0: Liar. She shakes her head, clicking in disapproval.
2: You have taken too much. You knew where he was.
0: A zebra finch lands above them. He knew where he was. Who? The finch jumps along the tree branch. What is this? Christian looks up to the bird.
2: Can he see my
0: children? The witch slows, the firelight dancing across her dimmed eye, then a pit in her stomach. No.
2: Liar! Tell me they're alive.
0: Christian's feral mind and heart, accentuated from the blood of the buck, stains tall, towering over the witch.
2: He can't see.
0: She places her hand on Christian's head.
2: Only one lies ahead of you.
0: Christian coughs, small at first.
2: Can you see it? Can you hear it? Soon to be no one to so many.
0: Christian begins to choke something in his throat.
2: Do you hear them crying?
0: The howl of the boy.
2: You won't see them again. The price is too much.
0: Christian begins to fall backwards into the snow, trying desperately to breathe.
2: You are damned in this land is Cursed.
0: The witch shudders at the thought like a cicada in the summer. Suddenly, Christian's body bag begins to move. Christian, on the ground, grabs at the feet of the witch. She steps back, evading Christian's grasp.
2: Selfish
0: boils go to waste. The body bag rips open, revealing the dead, reanimated corpse of Christian's father. It crawls out of the bag.
2: You can't drag the devil through it. Legion
0: bearing. The corpse crawls to the choking Christian. He begins to pull into Christian, crawling up his chest. The witch lowers. You can close your eyes. Christian begins to scream, finally catching his breath as his father reaches his face. He begins to tear Christian's face into pieces, his jaw removed. Christian's eyes open. Christian looks around. He's in a desolate plain. Dark clouds moving fast, unnatural. Mountains miles away. A terrible clink. Steel on steel. Christian turns to see a man. Sledgehammer being driven over his head and down into a hard nail sticking down a steel rail of a train track. It continues, over and over. His body covered in a dozen arrows, piercing him deep. His wounds are still open pulsing, but still he drives the hammer down, again, again, and again. A slow rumble begins to build, a howl of the natives, a firing of guns, the natives running in terror, blow past Christian, he cowers in their wake, dodging the prospect of being trampled. They pass, but behind them, a caravan, large and vast of men, women and children, shouting and hollering moving west. Christian is horrified. Carriages litter the landscape. Millions of people chasing the natives away from their land. Above them, a giant being. A woman, angelic in her appearance, lit by the sunlight through the venomous clouds. She guides the crowd. The caravan reaches Christian. He pushes them aside as he makes his way through the crowd pushing east, while they push west. To them, their destiny. They try to catch him.
2: I have to get back! I
0: have to get back to them! Christian pushes them. They begin to turn violent against him, tearing him apart. Where
2: do you think
0: it ends? Christian shakes as his world goes black and opens on something new. He's in an alley now, covered in fresh wet rain, thunder in the distance. The world is fuller of life, but nothing near, only in the distance, in the banquet halls of richer women and men. He is hunched in a corner, breathing heavily. He vomits. He is older, weathered. With his grey hair and his missing fingers, he clutches his chest and the backpack full of his dead father's bones. Please stop,
2: Christian.
0: The bag speaks to him.
2: What are we going to do? Shut up! You stupid boy. Shut your goddamn mouth. I have to get back to them. There's nothing you can do.
0: Christian returns to the kingdom. The skin from his face is still being removed by his undead father. He wrestles atop him, fighting back without a face. He pins his father and removes his head. His Head squirms about fighting for him throws it in the fire. The witch is unfazed, Christian touches his face, it is still removed and the blood drips into the snow.
2: All these tricks, why?
0: She lowers, the fire flickers on her face, a terrible creaking of wood bending and manipulating around them. It travels along the kingdom until it reaches the destination. Thunder rumbles across the sky as lightning appears, not from the sky, but from the bent tree branches ahead that form a cavern. The witch points her finger to the dark cavern that rumbles with thunder. A child crying. Stop this! Christian stands and makes his way to the dead brush that stands six feet over his head. The pulsing lightning continues. He travels through branches. He can see no farther than his hands in front of him. He arrives to a clearing. It is black, only lit by the flickering lightning. The blood from Christian's removed face continues to drip into the snow. Crying continues. Wayland! Suddenly, the lightning flickers again, revealing an entity sitting with its back Christian rocking. It slowly begins to turn to look at Christian. With another flicker, it is gone. Christian is alone. The sound of a slither is heard. It moves past Christian's feet. Wayland! Lightning again. A small blanket lies in the middle now. It moves and rustle.
2: Can you see him?
0: Christian moves to it and lowers. He begins to unwrap the child's blanket to see blood pulsating from it. Inside, nothing but a large, cold nugget. It screams at the top of its lungs. Stop
2: this! There is nothing there!
0: Christian turns and the lightning now reveals the witch standing directly behind him. Kill you! The witch is still, but her head turns like a vulture.
2: Do you hear me?
0: Christian rises again, towering over the witch. He grabs her by the throat with both hands. His fleshless face shows nothing but darkness. She squirms in pain. Believe you me, fiend, I will
2: kill you and everyone, anything that gets in the way of my son, of my children. It's their end.
0: Christian wraps his hands around her neck tighter and tighter. The sound is horrifying.
2: I will burn this world to the ground.
0: Christian cracks her neck. The life from her eye slowly drains and her jaw rests. He drops her to the ground. A slow rumble. Skulls. Bones. The dead begin to pile in from the walls. The kingdom begins to collapse onto itself. Christian begins to scream in fury as he becomes buried in the skulls. He cracks them away, screaming with madness. He can't continue. The skulls overpower him and rise above his head. He drowns, screaming. Christian wakes in a panic.
2: Jesus Christ, slow it up.
0: It's early dusk. Christian's face is returned. Just another horrible dream. He sits in his camp where he and Hannah have been sleeping, but now a posse watches over them. Juan holds Hannah by her wrist. She tugs at it like a coyote.
2: Nothing too fast, huh? You two really got the jump on us back there.
0: The man, a sheriff, raises his arm in a sling to Christian. No doubt Christian's doing.
2: And you're hard to follow. Doyle used to hunt hostiles, though. Yes, sir.
0: The posse of ragtag lawmen have the advantage.
2: Let's finally see what we have in here.
0: The sheriff moves to the body bag. He slowly peels open the bag.
2: My, my. Quite a prize. You're a wanted man, Christian Anderson. Word travels faster around here. Faster than you might think. We're going to be taking this off your hands. I know we got you cold in the morning, so no need to talk it out. We'll just take it. (laughs) Is that all you want? Well, might as well take her off your hands, too. (laughs) You can have them. (laughs) This one, though, don't shut the fuck up.
0: Christian points to the bag. They all laugh, missing the irony. Here, I'll help you. Christian rises and moves to the bag. He lowers down to it. He turns and blows the sheriff's sure. face off. His facade is gone and the cold callus is returned. He fires a shot through the mouth of the one holding Hannah's wrist. Christian lowers, grabbing his lantern on the ground, and throws it at one of them mounted on his horse. He catches fire, and the horse scatters. The other two fire at Christian from their horses, but the commotion ruins their shot. Christian dives for his rifle. Get back! He fires again, hitting the horse, which slams the man straight on his back, breaking it instantly.
2: What did I see?
0: He runs to the man. What was it? He begins to pummel the man's face. Hannah continues to plead with Christian. He finishes at her behest pulls his pistol out and puts it in the man's mouth. The man can barely think past his bloodied face.
2: I said don't follow me, damn you!
0: He moves away. A slow rumble begins to move by on the tracks above. Christian and Hannah have been waiting for this.
2: That's our line. Let's get going. We'll catch it at the
0: town below. Hannah readies her things as Christian mounts his horse. She moves over to him and he raises her up. A small zebra finch lands on the branches above Christian and Anna.
2: Those are law men. That don't just make them good men. i hang you,
0: Christian looks back to the dead.
2: To hell with them.
0: Christian takes the horse to a gallop. The finch follows.
1: Heaven can smile above me As they watch me drag my chains down
0: Somewhere down a country road estate, outside of St. Louis.
1: A real senator's house.
0: Wilson's assistant tells the senator the news of Christian Anderson that somehow he has found his father and he's killed him. But the news comes with a price. Christian murdering the sheriff and his posse. Their plans are in danger now.
1: a lovely feeling to know I'm better off. Kill me please. Heaven's gates are closed. I'm here forever it seems.